Howdy, neighbors. Ron Hayes with you today with another Ag Perspectives podcast. We're reporting from Orlando this week in CattleCon 2024. Today, we're hearing from Ethan Lane, uh, Vice President, Public Policy for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. He's the head of their Washington, D.C. office. And uh, we talked a wide variety of issues with Ethan as we caught up with him here at the front end of the uh, Cattle Industry Convention NCBA trade show. Our reports are being powered this week by Farm Data Services of Stillwater. And we're back with Ethan right after this message. While many tools for managing risk exist for livestock producers today, Livestock Risk Protection, or LRP, may be a valuable option for you, no matter how large or small the operation. Clay Bertram at Farm Data Services tells us more. It's a risk management tool for large producers, small producers, the small cow-calf guy. Um, It's eligible for anybody that wants to have a floor and buy insurance on their cattle. Give Farm Data Services a call today at 800-579-8164. They are an equal opportunity provider. 2024 Cattle Con. I guess a, a new name, or I know we've actually used it a little bit before, but this year I guess it's the official name of this of this thing, right? I, I guess that's right. You know, I, I still call it the NCBA convention, but right, it is a, it is Cattle Con, is the NCBA Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show here in Orlando, Florida. Talking with Ethan Lane, of course, uh, NCBA out of uh, Washington, D.C., heading up the D.C. office. So many things uh, that you're having to juggle right now in Washington, watching closely that are happening both, I guess, in the courts as well as the Congress and even the administration. What's what's the, the most, you know, the thing you're watching maybe the closest right now? Well, you know, you have that push and pull between an administration that is running an end game of that four years in office leading up to the presidential, showing their work to the American people, rallying their base. They do that through putting out regulations that we may or may not like. They do that through new policy proposals and showing aspirations for a second term. And then you have a Congress on the other side who is is severely limited in their capacity to do much. You have very tight majorities down to one or two votes for House Republicans uh, and, and about the same in the Senate. Um, and that spells not a whole lot of real movement or action on a range of topics. As we've all watched, um, you know, whether it's the Farm Bill, whether it's government funding, including agriculture and, and natural resources, um, it is very difficult to get anything moved through that body right now. Um, so watching that interplay between a White House looking for opportunities to put points on the board and a, and a Congress of the other party trying to keep them in check, you know, our job right now is to try to navigate those choppy waters, hold our wins together, um, look for those opportunities when they when they come up, and, and generally just weather this very volatile time in Washington. I kind of top a list on that. The appropriations process continues. It is, I guess, kind of kicked the can down the road. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is uh, the second or third extension, I guess, since September. Um, you know, there is there is talk that uh, we're starting to see some progress. Uh, um, you know, they they set some top line spending numbers for those for those individual uh, spending bills this week. That gives them some some uh, operating room. You know, now they know what they're what they're working with. Um, that'll allow them to start putting some numbers on this stuff and, and really getting down into the, uh, the the heavy negotiating on which provisions from the House side stay in, which provisions from the Senate side stay in, and how you cobble those bills together. Um, so there's there's hope that in the next few weeks they can get that done. That would clear the decks of that issue at least. Um, and it will be still a really instructive conversation for what the process for the farm bill might look like, you know, as far as what appetite is there to really work across the aisle and get something done. Right. Within the approach, what, uh, what what are you watching carefully that, that matter to cattlemen? 
Well, you know, we always have those those big ticket items that we, we pay attention to. You know, there's a lot of policy work that gets done in that process, um, whether it's maintaining that delay on electronic logging devices for cattle producers, um, whether that's looking at some of those endangered species fights and asking the, uh, the, the, the asking Congress to step in and, and defund some of those things or prevent some of those listings from occurring. Um, you know, we've been heavily focused on the Packers and Stockyards Act rulemaking out of USDA. Secretary Vilsack and his, you know, latest term is, is back working really hard to uh, ensure that every producer in the country gets paid exactly the same for their cattle, no matter how they raise them or, or what they put into them um, through what they call that Bidenomics kind of fairness, you know, in, 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 uh, in the Packers and Stockyards rules. We're working to try to get that defunded through the, through the spending process. We're working for money to pay for uh, electronic tags. You know, USDA is working on a, a traceability rule right now. Um, our policy is, is that we prefer a, a voluntary solution to that issue, but we want to make sure if the government puts a mandate forward, we want to make sure there's money to pay for tags so that producers aren't bearing that cost. Um, and so we're working hard to try to uh, hold together that $10 million we were able to secure in the ag appropriations bill on the House side so that it survives that conference. Um, so we're, we're, we definitely are, are working on some of those items and trying to make sure that they uh, weather this storm and, and get into the finished product. And, of course, if we can get all that done, maybe that gives us a little bit of wiggle room to get uh, some Farm Bill uh, discussions. It, it does. You know, I'm, I'm hearing from folks close to, uh, to, to Chairman Thompson that uh, they're now eyeing April to try to get a bill uh, out onto the, uh, onto the floor. Um, you know, they were talking March, but that was always sort of, um, you know, with a, with a little bit of a, an asterisk on there that if they're still talking funding in March, there's not going to be bandwidth for both. Well, that is where we are now. Um, but what, I, what I've heard just in the last few days is they're now looking at April and hoping that there may be a window there to get something done. Because, you know, June in a presidential election year, you kind of run out of room. Uh, everybody turns their attention to the election and you kind of lose the audience up on the Hill to get real work done. And, you know, I know there's, there's some things out there that you're really wanting to try to accomplish. Maybe you can't do it get done this year, but you're trying to set the table for that. And that includes the estate tax. It does. You know, we're, we're, we're already looking at the expiration soon of those 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, wins, including that, that dramatic increase in the limit for the, uh, the death tax. Um, those, those expire at the end of next year. And so although this Congress won't probably deal with that in substance, um, the conversation starts now. You know, there's a tax package that's kind of working its way through the Hill that's bipartisan. We don't know whether that's really more of a marker or if that really has some legs. They're debating whether to run that um, on the Hill here in the next week or so. But we know they're starting to set the table for that discussion in the next Congress. We know we're going to have to go back into the death tax conversation and, and work again. You know, our policy is clear, get rid of the death tax. But short of that, we want to get it as, as, as high as possible to cover as many of our producers um, as possible. You know, we're going to have more conversations on stepped-up basis, undoubtedly, trying to defend that again. Um, so we're, we're back in that 2017 mindset where we're, we're back talking about taxes again and, and how producers uh, need to make sure they equip their tool chest, um, both to handle, you know, generational transitions, whether, whether you know, uh, uh, transfers of property and, and, and how they hold that estate together from generation to generation. Lots of things on the regulatory side as well that you're watching very closely, I know. We are. You know, there's there's rulemakings uh, working their way through OMB and the White House from USDA on product of the USA labeling, on traceability, on uh, a suite of rules on packers and stockyards, as we talked about earlier. Um, they are busy over there. And, and you know, we're, we're working to kind of determine the impact of some of the most recent action from USDA. They, they've changed the domestic origin requirements um, for uh, uh, those sourcing programs. Kind of it would look, it would appear to conform to where they think they're going with product of the USA. Um, so there's a lot on that on that docket as well. Um, you know, EPA is is uh, uh, still working through the kinks on uh, on their 
I, I, their WOTUS rule, but they're also uh, now starting to, starting to charge down this path of regulating discharge from these small packing facilities. And that's something we're really hearing a lot about from our members at a time when we've spent years trying to get more small regional processing capacity up and running. It feels like one section of the Biden administration is encouraging that and, and a couple blocks over at EPA, they're trying to put them out of business. Um, so we're, we're engaging in that process as well. But as usual, there's no shortage of, of uh, regulatory action coming out of the administration. Huge conversation back uh, at the summer meeting about uh, making sure that we don't, uh, you know, perhaps uh, give too much latitude in labeling uh, fake meat or the cell-based product. Uh, where are we on that? Have you had seen any developments uh, since since July? Yeah, you know, we're we're uh, we're looking at uh, the potential for some rulemaking from USDA uh, regulating. Um, how those those lab grown companies in particular could label those products. You know the the plant base is doing a pretty good job of putting themselves out of business, and a lot of that focus has kind of shifted to the lab grown meat. Um, you know we're hearing a lot out in the country. A lot of state legislatures are starting to work on on the impact that could have to school children. Um, we've seen that even in the federal government with a bill introduced by Senators Rounds and Tester that we supported uh, here in the last couple of days. USDA going down that road uh, is also going to be part of that equation. You know are they going to put some parameters in place that require lab grown to be labeled and disclosed right now the companies that are approved those two chicken nugget uh, companies that are out on the street and those two restaurants are both using terminology like that one i think is cell cultured and one is cell cultivated on the package we don't anticipate those companies wanting to change away from that while they're still in this sort of market building and fundraising phase of this product um, but we want to make sure we use that 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 time frame also to set the guidelines so that they have to disclose what it is and that consumers are crystal clear if there is some of this, you know, this lab-grown product uh, making its way into the marketplace at some point down the line. Finally, uh, you mentioned June, kind of that uh, that magic date where we really fully turn our attention and wake up. Hey, there's an election coming up. What what? What, what are the stakes for the cattle industry? Oh, well, the stakes are huge. You know, I, I mean, an administration, even a, a one that's, that's basically friendly, can be populated with people who, who have all kinds of, you know, either wrongheaded ideas or they don't understand the, the nuance of the issue. I mean, the cattle business is diverse. And what some producers need, like oxygen in some parts of the country, you know, they'll, they'll burn the house down to, to defend against in other parts of the country. Um, so it's really important we have an administration that listens to producers, that listens to those trade associations at the state level and the national level, and really pays attention to the broader playing field. Um, and we can work with them, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, but, you know, it, it really really is important that we, we get an administration who's tuned into what the rural economy needs and by extension that what the cattle industry needs. You know, the Biden administration was 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 trying in that regard uh, early in the administration. They seem to have tuned more towards their base and uh, care a little bit less about what, what you know, cattle producers think than they were acting like they cared about a few years ago. Um, you know, you'd like to see somebody stay hitched in there and, and, and look out for those core constituencies throughout their presidency. Um, so we'll be we'll be watching those debates carefully. You know, we don't endorse but in the presidential, but we'll obviously be watching that like everybody else and trying to get an idea of what we might be expecting. And I'm sure you're going to be urging uh, your members to, to really engage uh, in the process. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you can't complain if you don't vote, right? I mean, whether it's in the policy process here at NCBA, if you don't show up and voice your opinion, you don't get to complain. Same goes for voting for, for people in Congress, for the people in the Senate, for, for president, um, any of those offices. You got to show up and you got you to uh, cast your vote. Whoever you vote for, you got to show up and vote. Thank you, Ethan. Ethan Lane with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association here at CattleCon 2024. On the Oklahoma Farm Report, I'm Ron Hayes.